0: every time
2: a proud member of the Gunna geek network the opinions expressed are those of each individual check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three two one
0: on this week's episode disney makes even more big movie changes why playstation owners need to be concerned and should wrestlemania stay a two-day event
1: Welcome to the PCC Multiverse.
0: And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glasser from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at Pop Culture Cosmos and our other great options as well. For instance, if you're into tabletop RPG gaming, go ahead and check us out almost every day of the week because we're on Twitch on Pop Culture Cosmos, YouTube on Pop Culture Cosmos, and Facebook on Pop Culture Cosmos. We're on every single day of the week covering the latest in tabletop RPG gaming almost each and every day. So please check us out there. And for the folks that love their basketball on the NBA, Laker Tom and I just did a tremendous two-hour NBA deadline coverage. We had hundreds of fans watching us from all over. We had responses from Jordan, the Philippines, Singapore, Canada all over talking about the latest and greatest stuff that was going on. We talk about, do we analyze the trades? We go over everything that we can in detail on our NBA trade deadline special. And we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to that on the Lakers Fast Break channel as well. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend. He's our own superstar on Twitter and Instagram at CastlePCC with a K. It is a good man indeed. You got to follow what he's doing as far as the drone action out there. And thank you so much for the heart knowing and find. He's got the workshop built. Sooner or later, he's going to go live on Twitch with all of his stuff going ahead and talking about drones and dealing with all that cool stuff out there. He's the man I was trying to mess with before he went on air, but he wasn't paying attention to me at all. It is Marcus De La Garza, and Marcus, I was making like funny, funny noises, funny faces while we were going on the air, but unfortunately well maybe fortunately for you you didn't see a thing
3: when we get into the countdown for the live show gerald i kind of get in a a zone over here and it's i I shut down a little bit to be honest so i didn't catch you distracting me but you know we've got a really good show here man we've got a lot of things to talk about and we've got some fun things to talk about man it's gonna be a great day
0: it is gonna be a great thing indeed in fact we will talk about your favorite subject in the world movie delays coming up but there are some definitive I think they're defending. I'm pretty sure they're defending dates and also things that are happening with some of the Disney and Marvel movies that are coming up. Plus also as well, we're going to be talking about some issues or potential concerns for PlayStation 4 owners and PlayStation 5 owners, because not only is Mark is going to be talking about some things going on with your PlayStation 4, but TJ Johnson will be here in a few minutes as well, coming up, talking about some issues with the playstation 5 that he has concerns over plus also as well we've got andrew smith formerly of gamespot and ign he's coming up on the back half of the show talking about a kickstarter project which he'd love to see and i'd tell you what i would love to see come to fruition i hope you get a chance to back this project it is from gamers magazine that's from gamers magazine now available on kickstarter there's just a few days left so please as of this recording just a few days left so please you've got to go ahead and support this great and awesome video game magazine i talked to him at length on the back half of the show coming up plus also as well marcus and i are going to be talking about wrestlemania on the back half of the show should it stay because it currently is a two-day event but right now the next two wrestlemanias are scheduled for only one day should it stay a two-day event we're going to talk about that in part one of our WrestleMania preview coming up as well. But first, my friend, I know you've been checking out some Oscar favorites. I know a lot of people are talking about Mank. A lot of people are talking about Nomad Land. A lot of people talk about the Five Bloods, Minari sneaking in there as well. I want to hear your thoughts. You said you've checked out not one, not two, not three, but four of the potential best picture candidates. Let's hear your thoughts on who you think might be the best out of the bunch you've seen so far.
3: Yeah, Gerald, I do want to preface this with the fact that I have not seen The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Minari, nor The Sound of Metal yet. However, I have seen Mank, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, and Trial of Chicago 7. And I do have to tell you, Promising Young Woman might be one of my favorite movies I've seen in the last few years.
0: The uh, controversial decisions that was made just recently is that Promising Young Woman will not be coming to U.S. theaters or will not be introduced into U.S. theaters as far as in a wide audience. You know, it was kind of controversial, the fact that we're now opening up again theaters and that it's going straight to VOD. So kind of disappointed to hear that because, like you said, Promising Young Woman is getting a lot of good buzz the writer director they're all getting as far as the acclaim that they deserve and getting a lot of projects from it they're getting a lot of that notice in hollywood which is the the key you've got a good project so everybody wants to go ahead and you know put you in
3: their next project exactly so
0: (laughs) tell me your thoughts on on all these great films that you've checked out so far
3: yeah i mean we just literally watched promising young woman last night rented it on amazon you know for 6.99 5.99 whatever it was outstanding movie But, you know, the next one up on the list was Mank, man. I I think Mank is an outstanding film, shot on red cameras and black and white. It it was beautifully done. For me, it was a really enjoyable experience. It was a visually stunning movie to me, even though it was only black and white. But they did some wonderful things with the sets and the costuming. Other than that, dude, Nomadland. Wow. Wow really, really heart-wrenching tale at the same time, you know, puts a very real spin on some of the things that have, that have touched communities across the nation and lets you know that there's people out there that are really roughing it, you know, and sometimes roughing it is living in, in, in a, in a van and, and going from community to community, looking for your next job. So obviously the trial of Chicago seven, great film, Sasha Baron Cohen. We've talked about it ad nauseum. you know, this movie, he really put on display this year, the things he could do. And, you know, speaking of which Borat was for a subsequent movie film, was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. Sasha Baron Cohen all over the place this year, man. If I, I really had to bank on something right now, it'd be Promising Young Woman. Outstanding film, really great action, but at the same time, no action at all. I mean, like, I, I can't explain how much of an intimidating presence the uh, lead actress was at times. But at the same time, she was a very friendly, you know, opening person. So other than that, dude, I'm really looking forward to seeing Minari. We're going to be watching that tomorrow night. So, I mean, I, I can give some tweets, you know, let the people know what I think. But, you know, it's it, for me right now, Promising Young Woman's got the lead. but I've watched the trailer. I've seen who's involved with it. Stephen Yoon Glenn from The Walking Dead. You know, it's it's going to be a really interesting film. We watched the trailer a couple of times last night, actually, because watched it before Promising Young Woman, watched it after and we kind of rolled the dice. It was, are we going to stay up late and watch uh, Minari as well? So we ended up not doing that. But, hey, I'm really looking forward to this, Gerald. I, I don't know about you. Have you seen any of these movies yet?
0: I'm still going to go ahead and check out quite a few of these as we get closer to the Oscar date. I do a cram session as we get closer. so okay. I'm,
3: You try I'm to do it all the, in a weekend or something?
0: Yeah, I try to do it all on a weekend so I can take a look, really good look at it. I was disappointed that Borat didn't get the nom as far as one of the noms because I thought it was just such a sensational movie. It was one of my top three films of last year. But you know what? I'm still looking at this as a great time to go ahead and be a movie fan because there's still some good movies. Even in a a year where it was considered a down year by the industry standards, it was still a lot of great and and emotional movies out there. So I'm looking forward to checking all those great movies out. Minari is the one I'm probably looking forward to the most because of what it does and, and the historical nature of this as far as for the Asian American community and the Asian community in general is what is what it's doing. So I'm really looking forward to that. Obviously the five bloods and of course Ma Rainey's black bottom in the case for looking at seeing, you know, the the great performance that was left for us by Chadwick Bozeman. So I'm looking forward to checking that out as well.
3: Dude, we just watched that on Sunday night. Wow. I mean, uh, I I do have to say that man put on an impressive performance, and you can tell he was hurting at the end there, or you know, hurting when he filmed this. Severely, severely uh, underweight. You know, I think for him that time, and and very emotional. You know, is is one of those things that you know going in, you can tell it, it was a stage play before it hit the big screen, and you just have to accept that there's a little bit of a, a roundabout way to that movie, but you have to remember that this was. These were actors giving speeches on on, or, you know, giving monologues on a stage prior to this coming up on the big screen. So,
0: yeah. So we'll be looking at it more in depth as it gets closer to the Oscars date as far as who will be the favorites going in. So I will definitely take a look at all these films or as much as I can in regards to that. And we'll go ahead and give you our Oscar favorites in all the major categories coming up on an Oscar preview show in the coming weeks. But right now, speaking of movies, there's more to talk about when it concerns. What's going on with Disney and Marvel and all that? Disney made a, yet again some more changes earlier this week. I know you love those delays, my friend. Yep. I know you love those delays more than anything. But I want to go ahead and quickly run down what happened as far as Disney and Marvel. But it, I think for this big film, Black Widow, is finally a definitive answer on that is going to be released. I think it's been pushed back from May seventh. It did get pushed back to July. So I think with that, why do I think it's so certain? Because they now announced that not only is it going to debut in July 9th instead of May 7th, but it will be day and date on Disney Plus with the extra out of $30. There is still speculation on how well that's going to do because of the fact that Ryan and the Last Dragon, I think from all the analysts that are out there, are perceiving that it has not done well both on the box office and also has not done well on the premiere access for Disney Plus. So this is a gamble for Disney on how well it will do, but we will see. It's gonna debut July 9th, and I am going to buy it and I am going to watch it first day. That's for sure. Cruella is now going to premiere on Disney Plus at the same time that they open at theaters. So I think that is still up in I'm question. Ha-
3: Dude, I'm happy about the day and date stuff, man. Yeah, I, well, you can't argue about it.
0: Yeah, and you can't argue without,
3: but May 28th. That one has not
0: been targeted. Oh, actually, that one has also been targeted, Cruella, as a Premier Access title. That one I'm kind of up in the air on how well it will do on Premier Access. But that will be day date on Disney Plus with a $30 fee as well. Because Black Widow is coming out in July, Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings was bumped back to September. So now, again, we're gonna, that's still going to be something we're looking forward to in September. On September 3rd, Luca will not play in theaters. It's heading straight to Disney Plus. With no extra costs on June 18th, I think with some that's- of the Pixar, well, I mean, it's, it's good for us as yep. fans, but I think it shows a lack of confidence by Disney on how well some of these unknown IPs that Pixar puts out there, if it had been, a, let's say, a Toy Story or an Incredibles, that's going to be doing day and date with premier access where people pay $30. With something like Luca, tell me your thoughts on this being a smart move because they're unsure on how this will play out to audiences.
3: Yeah, man. This was really interesting to me that we're doing this with it. I really perceived this movie as being a theatrical release because Pixar has done such big movies in the past. I honestly didn't see this one going for free on Disney plus June 18th, but I'm okay with it, dude. This is a a great way to kind of extend the the wealth to the family, right? You know, we've, we've been charging people a premium on some of these other movies. I think this is a goodwill gesture by Disney at this point to make sure that their fan base is happy. And we know that Pixar knocks it out of the park every time with a, well, almost every time with a film, right? <laughs> it's been a while since they've had a pretty big miss, but I'm looking forward to this Luca, man. It's it's going to be a great thing. I'm not upset about it being, you know, going for free on Disney+. Plus. I think there's a lot of people in the industry that are worried about it. And and you kind of let us in with that question there. This is a great thing, Gerald. Uh, and I think we're gearing up to see a bigger push towards day and date and then possibly even Disney+. Plus mirroring that HBO max presence and saying, you know, what, we're not going to charge you anything extra here. Just have some content. Let's just go, let's keep this rolling. And if I was Disney plus dude, I'm going to try and keep their momentum rolling as, as much as they can, because as you guys talked about on Monday, Falcon and winter soldier crushed. And, and
0: absolutely. It is the highest rated premiere of all time on Disney plus beating the Mandalorian, beating soul, beating Wandavision. It is the highest premiere of all time. So that's, that's great news for Disney
3: yeah and and so let's just keep that goodwill going we'll we'll give you guys a, f- a few free titles here and there hey i i think it's a great strategy i think i actually i don't think i i know i was the one that said that wandavision would have the bigger premiere here and you made me eat my words you know well that,
0: i mean just because falcon and winter soldier it came out second so everybody's now expecting something in regards to the marvel cinematic universe plus It's more of a traditional MCU-style movie, which, again, I think people were more comfortable with. But, you know, people grew to love WandaVision. It crashed Disney Plus not once, but it crashed Disney Plus twice. So I'm expecting that kind of volume for Falcon and the Winter Soldier as well.
3: Yeah, I, I think as the episodes keep coming out, you know, one of the big critiques I heard from a lot of my coworkers was, why weren't they on screen together? And you've got to set the stage. You've got all this time throughout the season to put Falcon and Winter Soldier together on screen. You know, it's going to take some time, but we're fine. We've got time to develop the storyline. And I think Marvel is doing an outstanding job. Marvel slash Disney is doing an outstanding job with this one. The critiques I've heard so far on Falcon and Winter Soldier, I'm, I'm not worried about it. It's going to keep plowing through and being a great IP for them.
0: You and I and Josh have enjoyed what we've seen so far from Falcon and Winter Soldier. So I'm continuing to like what I see. So I'm hoping that this episode number two, as you hear this on podcast outlets and radio stations everywhere, has already dropped. We will be going ahead and giving our review of episode two on the Monday show. But before we head to the break, my friend, I wanted to let everybody know out there that Free Guy, August 13th, The King's Man, now's to December 22nd. Deep Water is now January 14th on 2022, and Death of the Nile is now pushed back to February 11th, 2022. I think with the Army Hammer news and all the stuff that's going on with him and the allegations, which are very damaging, that's going to be something that's a little bit troubling for Disney right now. So even though that looks to be like something that could make a lot of money for them because it's a sequel to, uh, obviously, Murder on the Orient Express, which was a big hit, Death on the Nile could be something that's very, uh, I don't know, because of the, all the bad news that's happened because of Army Hammer's concern. But right, right. again, it is something that there's more changes. We will see if any of those movies I just mentioned will come day and day to Disney Plus. We'll see if that happens or if they'll drop on Disney Plus. So there'll be more changes. I have a feeling there's going to be more changes in store for some of these films. But what are your thoughts out there on getting what I think is a definitive answer on when? black widow is going to drop and how it's going to drop because it's going to drop right now according to what they're saying july 9th day and date to disney plus and also theaters what are your thoughts out there on all the marvel and disney changes please let us know pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com
1: thanks for checking out the pcc you know the pop culture cosmos we'll be back in one moment
0: for the latest news and information analysis and opinions on the los angeles lakers and the nba check out the lakers fast break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts well my friend there's still much more to talk about on today's program before we head into a conversation that i have with tj johnson coming up right here on the playstation 5 and its controller drift problem which is a concern For anybody who has a Nintendo Switch and now a PlayStation 5, I want to go ahead and talk to you real quick. You brought up something that was mentioned on IGN in regards to PlayStation 4 owners, and there's only over 100 million out there. So the PS4 I'm looking at now, my own, the Uncharted one that I love so much, you're telling me there might be a potential problem with that one as well?
3: Yeah. The joke that I've heard so far is they're ticking time bombs. They're not going to explode. They're not going to do anything like that. So the CMOS battery that actually runs on the motherboard itself is a little 2032 battery. It's one of the little nickel size, quarter size batteries that runs. You go and
0: get them at the store for a few bucks.
3: Yeah. 99 cents for a whole pack of like, you know, four or five of them. That battery actually has a lifespan and there's units that have had this issue already where those batteries were maybe defective. Those batteries control a very specific thing. They control your access to the PS4 trophy system. It keeps your internal clock working correctly. And so you can't game the system at that point. You can't fast forward your date and all of a sudden get an extra 40 hours of game time added to your account. Nothing like that can happen. You know, this is a big deal in the sense that I'm kind of shocked that we've run the life of these devices already was this maybe a bad call in the battery model that was used by model I mean size this is really unexpected but it's a quick fix the problem is you're going to have to break your warranty to do it you got to move those stickers off the back of your PS4 as you unscrew those special T4 screws you know from there man it's it's going to be just a quick fix but this is not something that's going to be a, a big intimidating thing for a lot of consumers, and it almost feels like it's a intentional end of life scheme that was possibly used by Sony. I'm not saying that they did, and I'm not even I don't even have support for that. Oh, that you're insinuating
0: it, man. You're you're yeah. hinting at it. You're yeah, I,
3: mean, at I, it. I have no support for that. I'm just throwing it out there. It kind of feels like it was almost a strategic. We'll get this thing just far enough, and then we'll get them into one.
0: PS5s whether they like it or not.
3: Yeah, awesome, I mean. They. Yeah, I mean, how many kids are going to, you know, have their PS4 die and then mom and dad don't know how to fix it? And they don't Google it. They don't know, understand how to, you know, open up the case and replace, a 2032. You know, I'm sure there's a percentage that will end up being just. And, and
0: the thing is, the second market on that, for people not throwing away or trying to give it, you know, to some people who are fair or just hey, can you have this parse at the local? Like GameStop. I mean, the kind of second market for them. They'll have a, a probably a stack of CR2032 batteries waiting to just go ahead and say, Oh, you have a problem? You just okay, we'll pay you $20 for this PlayStation 4. Okay, it's dead, that's fine. They just go in, they did a fix, and they can sell it for a hundred dollars.
3: There yeah. you go. And you can't can hit on that the... happening. Yeah, you no, can't hit on that. The... Yeah, it's 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 definitely one of those things. It's just like, man, it's going to be an easy fix, and there's going to be a lot of people to switch over to a PS5. If
0: you can do it, no, no problem at all, because I know that they are aware of this problem, I'm sure already. And, you know, any other game store and all, you know, how they refurbish, quote unquote, all their systems and all their units, quote unquote. And I've seen on YouTube videos how they refurbish (laughs) their units on that. Yeah, right. They just wipe them down. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So you could go walk into a GameStop, you know, and they'll give you like maybe 10 bucks for the dead unit and they know how to turn around and fix it. And again, they'll sell it for $100, $150. So I could clearly see that happening and being a big business for people out there with that if that happens. but. Very concerning for a lot of individuals out there that play the heart out of their PlayStation 4. And yeah. again, there's over 100 million PlayStation 4 units. And not everybody's willing to go ahead and just jump into a PlayStation 5 because it is still four and $500 out there. So I think a lot of people will go ahead and, you know, make this happen as far as the PlayStation 4 Try you know just it'll cut out. I'm sure a lot of these will cut out in the not too distant future, like the three rings of death did for the Xbox 360s. going way back then and and all that, but that was coming at you know the beginning or the the middle of the life cycle for those Xbox 360s. I think that was just a, a design flaw on the part of the Xbox 360. Right. This yeah. is something like you're saying it could be something that eh, you never know. Sony might have planned this out, but you you know you can't say for sure. But My gosh, this could be something that Sony might have played that out. Yep. But I'll tell you what, there's more to talk about right now because I've got an interview coming up with TJ Johnson. And then after the break, it is Andrew Smith from Gamers Magazine. That's from Gamers Magazine on Kickstarter. Please support it today. There's just a few days left. He's got a great concept for a new video game magazine. Please support it. It's Andrew Smith. But first, it's TJ Johnson on why he is concerned about the PlayStation 5.
1: You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. I want
0: to go ahead and touch on this before we head on out, my friend, and that is you're a little bit frustrated. You're a little bit frustrated with PlayStation because you've had some things going on with PlayStation. So tell me, with your PlayStation 5, what is the problem and how can PlayStation fix it?
2: (sighs) Okay, all right. So let's be clear. I love gaming on all systems. My home has always been... Microsoft. It's always been Microsoft. Now, my first console that I purchased as an adult was an Xbox, the OG Xbox. So I've always been a Microsoft guy. However, I've always owned a PlayStation. So my history of PlayStation runs deeper than my history with Microsoft. But let me let me let me explain where this is going. So mm-hmm. having a PlayStation 5 was exciting, right? It's the new thing, everybody wanted it, and I was able to get one. It was very exciting. I remember putting a picture up talking about ooh, I got my controller already. I was ready. I was excited to go. And I still am being able to play Spider-Man uh, Miles Morales was an awesome experience being able to go through and play these games in this this 4k and this 60 frames per second and this this fast loading it was just incredible right so here's where Sony goes a little left for me right the controller feels great but the fact that they're already having recalls and not recalls but they're already having issues with the getting drift stick We've only had this thing, what, since November? It's five months in and people are already yeah. experiencing Drift Stick. It's a bit ridiculous to me. And the fact that they're going to, I mean, they haven't outright denied that it's happened. But the fact that you guys had to put this thing through testing. So you've been having Drift Stick issues since PlayStation 3. Yeah. Like we are on the PlayStation 5. This is years removed from that. And we're still talking about Drift Stick on your product. So... One of the things that microsoft has never had i've never had issue with the joystick on microsoft except when i got the elite controller but as far as the retail package controller i could plug one in from the xbox one the very original the og xbox one and it's still gonna work so mm-hmm. there's there's frustration in that regard that's number one number two just a couple days ago they released the avengers game for the next gen consoles, right? So for the Xbox Series S and X, and also for the PlayStation 5, they released the upgrade. Now, here's where Microsoft is smacking PlayStation. Microsoft very quietly put out this feature that nobody really paid attention to. It's called Smart Delivery, right? And in this Smart Delivery feature, the game that you download, because you have the Microsoft Xbox One, you have the Microsoft Xbox Series S, you have the Microsoft Xbox Series X. So depending on your level of commitment to Microsoft, they're saying, Well, we will only download what you need. We're only going to download specifically to your console's need, and that's it. Right? It's gonna be a real quick upgrade system. Many people kind of just said, okay, whatever, that is what it is. But now when you play on PlayStation 5, you realize exactly how crucial. That thing is, the upgrade process on the PlayStation 5 for Marvel's Avengers is as follows, and I quote, you have to have the original game on your hard drive. You have to have updated the original game for the 18 gigabyte update. You have to have done that for the original game. And then you have to go into the original game and do a save migration to take that and put it into the cloud. Uh And then you have to download the PlayStation 5 version of said game. And then from there, you can download that save migration to your PlayStation 5. Mind you, the process is the same that there was for the Spider-Man Remaster game that came packaged with Miles Morales. To mm-hmm. do the same upgrade, you had to go through, you had to own the PlayStation 4 game. You had to upload that to the cloud. You had to download that from the cloud to put it into It was a complete mess. So here's my personal experience. I knew that I had the upgrade. So, what did I do? Because, one, I played Marvel's Avengers on my PlayStation 5. The PlayStation 4 version, I played on the PlayStation 5. So, I downloaded the upgrade, and I deleted the PlayStation 4 version. I didn't need it. What did I need it for? I don't need yeah. it. Well, apparently, I did need it because I had to go through and do the same migration. So, I downloaded the PlayStation 5 version, and in the process of downloading that one, I delete the PlayStation 4 version. And then the PlayStation 5 version downloads, and I see all the stuff that I got, you know, all the different costumes that I had unlocked. I see all that. But my progress is gone. I can't even go through a lot of the things that I was doing because it's gone. So then I have to go back and re download my PlayStation 4 version just to upload my save file, just to download it to the PlayStation 5 before I complete it again. Needless to say, I started the process two days ago, Mm -hmm. and I was just able to actually. Play it for five minutes yesterday it's infuriating the amount of work that you have to do yeah so sony makes things overly complicated it just doesn't need to be microsoft seen this coming microsoft seen it coming and say we're just going to make this a really easy process and, and that's the way next gen should be at this point this is the yep. way that you should be looking at helping the consumer microsoft is so consumer friendly at this point it's it's not even close it's not even close Microsoft is smacking PlayStation in regards to being consumer friendly, thinking about what the actual consumer needs versus what Sony believes the consumer should be having. It's not even close. And it's frustrating that in this generation, Sony hasn't figured that out yet. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's keeping Sony ahead of Microsoft, if you will, is just brand recognition. People yeah. just, they just, they just buy Sony product. They buy the PlayStation. The African-American loves PlayStation. They love it. They they, they love PlayStation. They, they don't even know why. I've been an Xbox guy, but even I own a PlayStation. Like that's just it's just it was ingrained in us with Madden. Anytime we would play Madden, we were playing on somebody's PlayStation. Yeah. So it's just been part of our culture growing up. Yeah. Even though Microsoft is the better system, so somebody needs to get it together, man. Because it doesn't make any sense. It really it really doesn't make any sense that we're still having these conversations in two thousand and twenty one
0: no it doesn't and also with nintendo having its issues with the switch and the and the drift there as well it's yeah. something that i think needs to be addressed by both these companies and to see that xbox is a platform where it doesn't have these issues it speaks volumes as far as for you know why they are, are now hopefully in this generation going to compete a lot better with nintendo and sony but we'll wait and see, my friend. But yes, definitely things need to be changed. Maybe another lawsuit needs to go in hand like they did for Nintendo. So we'll see what happens, man. You might be part of that lawsuit. You might be part hey, of the don't lawsuit. Tell <laughs> don't <So>, tempt <tell> me. Don't
2: tempt me.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens, though. I'm hoping that things will get righted with the PlayStation, especially as more PlayStation 5s go out in the wild, hopefully one day, although they're still being snapped up like crazy. I want to go ahead and thank you so much, TJ, for stopping by today. I truly appreciate your time, as always, my friend. And hopefully I'll be seeing you very soon with updates on Falcon Winter Soldier and a lot more things in pop culture going forward.
2: Always, brother. Always. Can't wait to talk Mass Effect with you.
0: There you go. I can't wait to talk about it either, my friend. Right around the corner. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to a lot of great stuff as well. But again, it is TJ Johnson, my good friend. Appreciate all your insight, as always, right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos.
1: Video game box art: the stories behind the covers, in which we talk to the illustrators and artists who are responsible for gaming's most iconic images. Don't forget to check out Video Game Box Art: The Stories Behind the Covers, celebrating gaming's most iconic images from the people who created them. This and many more from Rob McCallum Films.
0: All right, and we're back with a program. It's Gerald Glasser coming right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, and. I'll tell you what, if you are a great supporter of Kickstarter projects that you need to take a look at, there is one out there that you definitely need to go ahead and take a gander at. And I know I did say gander, so I'm probably dating myself out there. But it is a great project that you need to go ahead and check out, especially if you're into video games, a longtime fan, you just got into video games or what have you, please go ahead and support From Gamers Magazine. That's from Gamers Magazine. It's now available as part of a Kickstarter project from Gamers Magazine. They want to help make this reality. They want to make for you, the gaming fans out there, a true reality for this as far as a great magazine that could come to print, but they can only do it with your help on Kickstarter. So please look out on Kickstarter from Gamers Magazine. You got to go ahead and check it out. And the man behind it is a man who has a great deal of experience in the realm of video games GameSpot, ign just he's got a cornucopia he's got a resume that goes almost like the credits of a video game itself to what he has got the experience and know how to make this happen and to make this something get gamers do want to really get into it is andrew smith and andrew thank you so much for being part of the program today
4: absolutely i appreciate you
0: having me Well, I'll tell you what, it's an ambitious goal for anyone to go ahead and put something on Kickstarter. I've spoken to several individuals who've done in the past. This is no small undertaking. People who's out there who are looking to pack a solid project need to go ahead and look into this. But the first question I have for you is my co-host on my Monday show, Josh Peterson, had a long interview with someone also looking to do a gamer centric type magazine called Lock On. And in doing so, they really got into depth with it. But as I was editing and and producing and putting it out, I thought to myself, and I got a hold of you, and we were speaking right around that same time, is, okay, this is truly ambitious. And in the world and state we are in 2021 with the whole internet, as far as being able to access anything that you can, and you yourself has an awesome site that people have to check out guidefold.com. you already have an awesome site on the internet so what prompted you to go ahead and bring upon this challenge of bringing a video game
4: magazine to life well first off let me just say i'm a big fan of the guys behind lock on that is an awesome project they have going i'm good friends with john and we've been talking a lot about the projects together so i would encourage everyone to go check that out too if they have a minute but to get back to your question I think there's just been a big gap in the industry for a long time, with with everything moving onto the web and being SEO focused, and, and it's really becoming more about clicks and less about people being able to tell their stories. And if a story doesn't necessarily get as many clicks as as a very SEO focused guide or something else would, and so at Guidefall, a lot of what we do is well, it's right in the name; it's video game guides. So we're very SEO focused and we're very straight to the point because we want people to be able to find their answers, then go right back into their game and be able to play without having to miss time with their game. So I wanted to kind of have an outlet for our writers and for my friends in the industry and just for really anyone who wanted to share their story with games or experience with games, to be able to have that without having to worry about all the SEO, without having to worry about meeting certain criteria for an article to be on the web, as opposed to a print magazine where you could just, you know, you can write whatever you want, as long as you have a base that is interested in your topics and interested in your publication, then you can just give it a go. So that's kind of where it got started is just wanting to let people tell their story, tell their experience with games and, and kind of bring back something that I feel like, is missing in the industry ever since all those old, great magazines have gone away.
0: Absolutely. As someone who has written a, quite a few articles, uh, both myself and Josh are journalism graduates, and you know, it, there's a lot that has to go into detail in creating a great article, a great story. There's a lot of opinions for and against the video game industry, as far as those who don't truly understand it and those who truly embrace it, to create that kind of dynamic in a story or article and bring it to life. And to have people go ahead and communicate to you over the years, your work with IGN and GameSpot, I'm I'm sure that you've collected quite a few fans out there and followers of your work. How important is it to you to go ahead and expand not just what you do in GuideFall.com, but to go ahead and expand that into what you want to deal with, with from Gamers
4: Magazine? Like I kind of said, it's just really all about being able to share my experience with games and allow other people to be able to share their experience with games Cause, because the medium as a whole is such a, just a great place to be. And it's a great experience that everyone can you can play the same game and everyone can experience something different. Yeah. And I just think it's really cool to have a place for people to be able to share that you know, people will get to know our writers, but we'll also have new writers in all the time sharing different experiences, different things about games that they like. And so, you know, it may open up a re- an outlet to someone else who's never thought about a game in a certain way, or maybe want to try a new game they've heard of, but they never thought about it from that angle or something like that. So just being able to share that with, um, you know, my followers on Twitter, and I really don't have that big of an audience, but just the people I've met over over the years, I think it's really cool to be able to share passion that I have with them and let them be a part of it and kind of supporting the magazine, writing for the magazine. And all that good stuff.
0: Now, as someone who uh, is going to be the main person, the main individual behind this, you will be seeing a lot of stories come across your way as far as people sending in this, as far as that you're, you're more familiar with or individuals that, that just are looking to go ahead and get an opportunity to be part of this with From Gamers Magazine. Are you looking for articles more of just their experiences with these games or Are you looking more as far as past experiences, present experiences or a mix of both?
4: Well, to be honest, just a little bit of all of the above. You know, we want to have a nice, a nice spread of content in the magazine so it's not all super focused on one area. But, you know, from it's kind of in the name, From Gamers. We want the whole idea of the magazine to be that it's written by gamers, just like you, just like me, just like the people with the blue check marks on Twitter, or the person playing at home with their kids. You know, we just want it to be an all-encompassing, all-inclusive publication that anyone can feel free to submit an article to. You don't have to have experience to submit an article. To. Our editorial team will help you with all that. We just want people to be able to share their experience, their story, or even if they just love a franchise and want to share a little bit about the history to inform the readers, just stuff like that. You know, we just want it to be a little bit of everything that everyone can enjoy. Absolutely,
0: and as someone like yourself and myself, as you can see behind my wall, has a lot of, uh, I guess, impressions and, and experiences with video games from years gone by and t- up till now. I mean. There's so much that you can deal with with the video game industry that I talk about each and every week on our shows. But the the fascination that we have as we go into a new console generation, I mean, the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series S and X, they can. I think they have the potential to unlock even a greater bit of storytelling with the kind of depth, the kind of power that they can unleash. Your thoughts on this current console generation and the kind of things it can do for gamers that can not only provide stories for your magazine, but basically just provide a lot of entertainment for years to come.
4: I was really excited when I saw the reveal for the Xbox, new Xbox Series X and S and the PlayStation 5. Everything from just the design of both of the consoles to the content lineups, especially on the PlayStation side, just got me really excited. And i um, hearing about the, the, you know, the power behind the consoles to take take games to a new level you know i don't think we've really seen it yet especially from xbox but i think over the years we will start to see games and stories being told in a totally different way with totally new mechanics that we you know we've never thought possible we've never seen so i'm really excited to to buckle up and, and watch the ride but i'm especially excited to see I'm a longtime xbox fan so i'm especially excited to see what xbox has in store for the coming years you know the lack of a, a big release when their console release was kind of a a bust a little bit but i'm hoping that they'll have some stuff in the lines and in the works and even indie titles you know giving a shout out to some of the smaller teams doing awesome things. It's really exciting to me. Well, I think with both manufacturers, Sony
0: and Xbox, the reason why they both sold so well coming out of the gate is the fact that you're buying it on hope. You're buying it on the estimation that you're going to be getting a lot of great stuff in the future. Once these publishers, including Sony and Microsoft, catch up to it with all their games that they've got coming down the line. And I wanted to ask you this, when it comes to that expectations that you have, I mean, Xbox has clearly cornered itself and trying to go ahead and get you involved and hooked, not necessarily on the Xbox Series, but on the Xbox Games Pass, which has now become their most important thing as far as Absolutely. the future going forward. I want to hear your thoughts on how that is evolved from, you know, what you're used to in the past to now, like you said, you know, we're talking about dealing with this going forward, the Xbox Series X. Like, you're an Xbox fan. I'm I'm trying to stay on the fence. Depends with me on the game. I, I try to stay on the pen. I know my that my Monday host is an Xbox fan. I know my Friday host is, is a Sony fan. But when it comes down to it, what are you wanting to see as far as Xbox do and create as far as for a magical experience? Because I mean, Xbox Games Pass seems to be their primary focus at this point in time.
4: Absolutely. Well, I would agree 100% that Game Pass has really been the biggest win that, um, you know, Microsoft and Xbox has had in the past years. You know, there's kind of a bust there with, with the launch of the Xbox One and things were kind of getting a little rocky there for a little bit, but then when uh, Game Pass came out, you know that was kind of a game changer. It started a little bit slow, but then over the years and months as new games got added and, and accessibility options were made available to everyone, the fact that you can play, I don't even know how many games are on there, hundreds of games for $10 a month, it's just an amazing thing. Um, and now that there's even more titles on there, you know it's almost like every day I look on Twitter and I see something new is being added to Game Pass. And the fact that people are getting to play all these new games, any Xbox exclusive is going to be on there, day one. People are getting to play these old games they missed out on all for an affordable price. I think is just really special, and especially with with places like GameStop and other type of of rental stores going away. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with the Redbox machines, but we have those oh, yeah. here in Alabama. I mean, you know, they don't sell games anymore. That used to be a great place to rent games. You know, there's no movie gallery or Blockbuster anymore that you can go rent games from. So the fact that you can have access to all those games for ten dollars or fifteen dollars, whatever it is right now, a month is just a really awesome thing and a really uh, user-friendly thing. And I think it's going to be the biggest thing for Microsoft and Xbox going forward into the next generation and into the future, wherever that takes them. Just the fact that you can sign on, download a game and get right to it. I think it's just really awesome.
0: And you're going to have a lot of these stories as part of From Gamers Magazine. And please, if you can, support from gamers magazine today they're almost at their goal but it's going to take you going to take you the fan out there to get them over that goal please go ahead and support a great cause today from gamers magazine it's available right now on kickstarter you got to go ahead and be part of it because you are going to see some of these stories talking about not only from the generations past but the generations now that are being created and what's coming up in the future one of the things i want to ask you is about the magazine video game life itself i mean it's not what it once was. I mean, you go to a bookstore like Barnes & Noble and whatnot, and you walk in there, and the magazine rack, which was once filled with an entire section of video game magazines, it's not there. I mean, for me, the heyday, and I'm, I'm sure I've gotten some flack over the years for saying this, or I think the heyday of video game magazines was in the mid-2000s, which you had so many different magazines that were out there. Not only independent, but some that were based for primarily for Sony, Nintendo, and Xbox. I want to hear your thoughts about that, and what you want to do with From Gamers Magazine about bringing that excitement about a
4: video game magazine to life. Well, I think gaming magazines. There was a really big time in the industry when gaming magazines were were a core part of it. Where it's where you got your news. It's where you got your reviews it's got, it's where you got your information on what happened at E3. You know, it was a staple in the industry for a very long time. And then as uh, websites started to pop up and news online became more accessible, you know, that kind of hurt the magazine industry to a degree where it almost put it out of, out of print. And I think now that, that the web is, is getting so big and people are getting their information online is so much, and there's a big focus on SEO and, and to a degree clickbait, people are almost missing the, the uh, the feel of just being able to sit down with a magazine while you're on the couch watching tv with your family flipping through and reading the stories of just genuine stories that aren't aren't filled with any kind of advertisements or seo focused or anything like that it's just genuine stories about video games and of course no one's going to come to a magazine in 2021 winning gaming news they're going to go to their favorite website for that but i still think there's a core aspect of the gaming magazines that's missing from the gaming industry of of storytelling and of, um you know fun creative art design just stuff that the internet can't do for you. That I think people miss, and I think that's that's easily shown by the nearly 100 backers we have um, on our Kickstarter campaign. And there's tons of other great small publications out there that have have a really good following. And there's Switch Player magazine that focuses on Switch. There's the guys from Lock On. There's um, Ninty Fresh. And you know, there's tons of small magazines that have a really dedicated audience. And I think that just shows that people really miss they miss gaming magazines and they miss the um, just the feel of being able to sit down with something in their hands, flip through it. Like you said, you need know, to go to the bookstore used to see tons of magazines over there. And now all you see is is you know, like men's health and science magazine and all this other stuff. You don't see anything gaming related. And, and I think people really just miss that. And I know when I still go into the bookstore, I will look every now and then just to see if any news popped up. And and for the last 10 years, let me tell you, there hasn't been anything new that's popped up. No, no, I mean,
0: basically at best, maybe some gamer guides, but right, yeah, that's something that again is sorely missed in our gamer society. And that is a true gamers magazine lock on again the guys were here last week and said great things uh, you know hopefully people will back that project but I also want people to back your project because from what I've seen uh, the potential is outstanding but before you head on out my friend it's time for you to do the hard sell you to do the hard sell Andrew Smith on what's going on with from gamers magazine and why people need to go ahead and back this
4: truly awesome project. Well, let me tell you we're down to the final days of our kickstarter campaign at the time of recording i think we have seven days left when this goes out we'll have only a few days left right now we're less than 500 away from funding the first two issues of the magazine it'll be each issue will be 50 plus pages long filled with reviews previews awesome features cool art design and the best part, or my favorite part, anyways, is lots of great writers. We're introducing lots of new voices, something you will be maybe familiar with, some you may have never heard of before. We're going to bring in a lot of different creators, a lot of different art, artists, a lot of different gamers. We're going to bring it in. It's going to be something really special. We're going to have lots of, uh, lots of community interaction plan and just a really great place for like-minded folks who miss gaming magazines, who miss the feel of old-school gaming, and who really just want to feel connected in the gaming industry to come together in one place sit down and look forward to their from gamers magazine awesome indeed once
0: again it's andrew smith check out not only his awesome site that's guidefall.com with a whole array of information and articles that are out there already in regards to the video game industry have only a few days left and once you hear this to go ahead support his awesome kickstarter project from gamers magazine if you're someone like me that misses the old days in many ways One of the things that I miss so much is having the feel and look of being part of something that's truly awesome and and something that I truly enjoyed a part back in the day, and that was video game magazines. You need to get this video game magazine to life. It's up to you out there to go ahead and support this awesome project. It is from Gamers Magazine. I highly encourage you to go ahead and support this project. It is available right now on kickstarter.com. It is from Gamers Magazine. And Andrew, you're always welcome back on the show anytime you want to talk video games because I can talk video games to death <laughs> right now it's at any point in time. But I am truly thankful and blessed that you came on the show and I wish you tremendous success with the project and the magazine going forward.
4: Well, thank you so much. It was great to be here and be able to talk games and share a little bit about From Gamers Magazine. I'm really excited about what we have planned and I, I hope your listeners will, will join us for the ride. I hope so as well. One last thing though. Sure. what is your favorite video game of all time if you had oh boy. to go ahead oh and
0: center boy. on one I, <laughs> I know you probably get to ask this all the time in interviews but i gotta go ahead. if you had one if you're on an island all by yourself you had one what would that be
4: i tell you what i really really love super mario odyssey something about it i don't i don't know what it is you know i i'm a little younger so i missed out on all the uh, on the older nintendo games but but when i got in on super mario odyssey i couldn't put it down Oh, open for a
0: sequel. Open for a sequel. Well, there you go right there. That's awesome. Awesome choice. I remember when I was at the video game store and I was selling copies of that like crazy because people just (laughs) cannot stop loving Mario. So again, Andrew Smith, I truly appreciate you being part of the show. You're always welcome back to be a part of the pop
1: culture cosmos. and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis.
0: And we're back to close out the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. Want to thank so much Andrew Smith from, because I can't say from, from, from Gamers Magazine. Please, please, please support this awesome Kickstarter project today. There's just a few days left. If you are interested in reviving the world of video game magazines, please support this awesome one. And also last week with Josh's Lock On Magazine, that video game magazine on Kickstarter, please support that as well. Two great video game magazines, two weeks in a row. We've had a great opportunity, but please want to go ahead and thank Andrew Smith for being on the show. Also as well, thanks so much, TJ Johnson, for bringing this potential issue of the playstation 5 and controller drift issues similar to what we've seen in nintendo switches that's a life as well i know coming up on the monday show speaking of nintendo switch you kind of avoided the the confirmed rumor that's out there that there will be an upgraded switch so we will be addressing that on the monday show as far as Mm -hmm. what we're looking for in the new nintendo switch that's hasn't been announced as of yet officially but According to Jason Schreier of Bloomberg, who is the leading video game reporter, he said that there's a new Nintendo Switch, a bumped up 720p, you know, some better fancy stuff that's put in there. Basically, it's a way for Nintendo to bump up the price on the unit. So we're going to go ahead and talk more about that on the Monday show. Plus, we've got a review of Falcon and the Winter Soldier Episode 2 coming up and so much more. Marcus will, unfortunately, will not be here next week. Something about an anniversary. I don't know what he meant by that, but, you know, I'll go ahead and we'll give him the week off. But I'm looking forward to talking to Josh and hopefully Jamie Monroy of GameSource. It'll be a GameSource Pop Culture Cosmos crossover once again. So we're looking Ooh-hoo. forward to that next week, maybe on Monday, maybe on Friday as well. So we're looking forward to that. But before we head on out, my friend, I wanted to go ahead and hit you up with this part one of our preview. For WrestleMania coming up. I know I have a lot of good conversations on the way on various facets of pro wrestling and the WWE. But first off, I wanted to go ahead and talk with you about WrestleMania itself. It's coming up in April. Mm -hmm. It's coming up as a two day event, similar to what they did last year because of issues going on with the pandemic and all that. I thought that was a brilliant move. By the WWE, one of the few things I definitely 100% buy in and agree with with the WWE because I don't do that a lot, haven't done that a lot in 20 years. Yeah, as far as 100% <laughs> agree with anything that they did. But uh, I was going to say it's
3: been since like 1998 that I, or you know, maybe yeah. even into 2003 that I, I think I actually agree <laughs> yeah.
0: with. Yeah, well, actually, the day before Stone Cold Steve Austin turned heel. But anyways, I want to go ahead and talk about WrestleMania being a two day event. It is a two-day event again this year. Tampa Stadium, they're going to have two days. They've already got a card lined up as far as some great matches. And I don't want to go on the matches just yet because it is subject to change. You never know with coronavirus. But I want to ask you this. WrestleMania is a two-day event. The upcoming Dallas and I think Los Angeles WrestleManias in the next two years are still scheduled, as of this time, as a one-day event. I want to hear your thoughts on the possibility of – a two-day event for those dates do you think it should stay a one or do you think it should stay a two-day event for wrestlemania because i'm wholeheartedly in the camp of being a two-day event
3: see and i guess i'm a traditionalist i am a in the camp of it being a one-day event because don't take 120 bucks from me just take 65 or 75 whatever it is for the pay-per-view man Well, but now you
0: don't have to you can just go and head over
3: to peacock peacock that's right i forgot about peacock being the the big ticket here hey you know what traditionalists need to, to uh, just get out of the way sometimes. So, yeah, go ahead. Keep it as a two-day event. My only problem is when you draw out an, an event like WrestleMania like this, what happens to the numbers? And and that's something I actually don't have any data from last year to see how the numbers did. Well, um, I can give
0: you an idea as far as the attendance is concerned is that they'll most likely sell out the limited attendance. I think it's like thirty five, twenty five to 35,000 that they're going to have there each night. And right. it looks like they're going to sell out of both. I think if you put it at 50 or 60,000, you would sell out both nights. I think for a lot of people, it's an easier thing. I can tell you, you know, back in the day when it was a two and a half hour event or a clean three hour event, three and a half maybe hours, but let's say a basic three hour event. When it was a three hour event each and every year, easy watch, no problem.
3: Yeah. Not a problem. I love that. I love that. When
0: it became a five, a six, and seven hour event it's so draining it's just so tiresome a lot of people were burnt out and not you can't enjoy it by the time you would finally get to the main event you just like i want it to be over that's what you're thinking in your mind you just want it to end the last two matches three matches on the card yeah always. with a two night event you keep the crowd interested you have the whole week, and you have the whole weekend yourself as far as WWE. Yes, you have a lot of other independent stuff that's going on. AEW is going to be running shows, et cetera, et cetera. But people are there mainly for you and your products for at least five days. You have to capture that audience. You can span it out any way you want. And to have WrestleMania go over two days in a three-hour three fashion each day, mm-hmm. make it six, three hours each day, three and a half hours each day, to me, that's much better for your audience. You capture that energy and you keep that energy all weekend long.
3: Yeah, I see your point there, Gerald. You know, having the two-day event with two three-hour events, where you know you can really keep that that captive audience, and they don't start wandering, they don't start drifting, they don't start playing on their phones, they don't start doing everything that we do when we're bored and watching TV and just trying to fill time, right? You know, uh, it's that doesn't start happening at hour three and you know hour you know three point five or you know hour four, whatever it is. You uh, can
0: actually also even have something exciting happen on Saturday that can carry over on Sunday. Let's say you have a championship match or something as far as a number one contendership match on Saturday. Yeah. Instead of running it that same night and having someone fatigued going against somebody else that and trying to go ahead and have that, because sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't from a storyline standpoint, have it that next night. You, can, you know, it, There's just so many more be- and better scenarios that you can create with a two-day event.
3: Yeah, I understand that that argument there, dude. It's just my my only problem is there used to be some magic to that one-day event before we started doing six, seven, eight-hour streams. There's something magical about it to me, but yeah, I, I'm with you, man. More content for the fans, that's always going to be best at the end, especially a two-day event like this where you can split it three and three. I get it. Well,
0: those magical days are gone, my friend. I mean, you're now dealing with a situation, like I said, seven hours. You're also talking about Peacock. I mean, it's not going on a... I mean, you could still buy a pay-per-view, but really when you could buy it for $5 a month on Peacock, why would you really want to go and do that? So, I mean, it's just not the same in 2021 as it was in 1999.
3: It's really not. I get that. And, and, you know, I'm on board with this now. I know that we have to, you know, I'm one of the biggest proponents always for modernizing our uh, delivery chain here for uh, entertainment content. So, yeah, this is a, a modernization that I just need to come on board with. And the two-day event for WrestleMania, man. As far as next year, the, the foreseeable future, I think they're going back to Arlington, Texas, aren't they?
0: Yep, they're going back to Arlington, Texas, Texas Stadium, yep. uh, AT&T Stadium, I think it's called.
3: And then and, they're going to SoFi. And
0: they're going finally to SoFi, which they, was scheduled It was already supposed to happen because of coronavirus. It got pushed back, but it's still just supposed to be something that's special. And I think to not burn out your audience like you do now in every year now that that you've had it up until last year, I think it's probably wiser to do a two-day event. It's just to me it's wiser. I'm just saying right now, I think it's probably for the best until something comes up long term. I think for the foreseeable future, you know, at SoFi, at at t maybe they're worried about not selling out AT&T that's 100,000 seat stadium two days in a row I don't think they could do that put 200,000 people in the stands for a weekend I get that's that but lot. they could yeah they that's could a big ass dude they could put 120,000 people
3: yeah I mean year. just split it and, you know just do 60 on on day 60, one 60, 60 on, on,
0: yeah and you end up making more money you end up making more money over the course of uh, of a weekend You've got that captured audience. You still can put the Hall of Fame and the NXT shows on Friday and Thursday. You could lead that in with the Monday and Wednesday shows that you have already, plus the Friday SmackDown. I mean, there's just so much you could do with this. It makes so much more sense to put it two days, especially if you're going to after this gets out and go into Dallas and L.A. in the coming years and still drag this out over seven hours because people are just going to be upset all over again.
3: That's a really interesting perspective, there, dude. And I think I'm I'm on board with that entirely. But yeah, I mean, the the jump back to the the one day special next year, very concerning, I guess, in in light of you know the the image you just painted for me. But I mean, if we do trim this up, I mean, even a five hour performance, I'd be on board for. I think I'd be able to sit and watch. I I don't know, but let you me know, ask you
0: this: Could got, you th- sit through the Justice League? I did. Okay, how many people are sitting through the Justice League all four hours in a sitting? Remember we talked to Josh and he couldn't Yeah, do he it broke and,
3: it up, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean... A, a lot of
3: the people I, I work with broke it up and they watched the first three parts yeah, and they watched the rest I, I of it just I'm that.
0: just not convinced, but I think it should go to a two-night event with all the wrestlers you have on the roster and all the storylines that you could create from a two-night scenario. If it's your most special night of the year, I would say go to a two-night from here on out. But what are your thoughts out there on WrestleMania going to a two night format like it has this year and last year and possibly you wanting to keep it at a two night event instead of going back to a one night event that it looks like it's heading to for the next couple of years. We want to hear your thoughts. Pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com. Well, my friend it has been a great episode. I cannot thank you enough for being here. Appreciate it. I know you're going to be off next week. Again, something about an anniversary, Mr. Marcus there, but any last thoughts on the way up?
3: Yeah, selfishly, I'm going to say, you know, early happy five years to my wife. But in light of the push timelines that we talked about this time, again, I'm going to preface this with uh, it probably isn't the last time, but I hope this is the last time we have to discuss push timelines.
0: It won't be, my friend. Unfortunately, it won't be. So for Marcus De La Garza, this is Gerald Lastwood. This is another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great.
1: Here at the Cosmic Pizza Podcast, we make every show from the finest ingredients. Juicy interviews, fiery film nights, delicious Desert Island DVDs. And pack it all into a slice of life in every episode. Order up our specials now from your delivery guys. Sean from Canada. Dan from Kent in the UK. And Paul from near Liverpool in the UK. Here on the ESO Network. The Cosmic Pizza Podcast. Serving you a slice of life. Mmm, mmm.